Well, yeah, bin off that CPD, it's lunchtime. I'm going to borrow you for half an hour, 40 minutes, an hour. I'm not going to push it that far. But have half an hour with me. Whatever you've got, that ham hog, pret sandwich, rabbit. I know I keep talking about pret sandwiches. But what else is out there? No one's going to go to a Starbucks. If you're in a Tesco's meal deal, then you anything but a part one. Shame on you. Okay, 13 seconds. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this live stream special. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm not going to talk any more about sandwiches because I've got an awesome guest for the next half an hour or so to talk about their practice, what they're all up to, and a project that's won a few awards, which is for all the good stuff like being sustainable. We've only got one planet. So on that note, can I introduce you to the awesome Pradum Pammy Dighantam, the golden pen of Bar Gazettas. How are you, sir? <laughs> very well. Thank you very much for the intro. Very nice intro. I'm so happy that you're here. And I'm just going to chill out and relax now because you've got an awesome project and all that stuff. And you're at Bar Gazettas at the moment. And the Wi-Fi is holding up in the office. So we're Wi-Fi's all up holding up. We're doing all right, aren't we? And I'm going to bring the link up here. But if anyone doesn't know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself first and foremost? Yeah, I'm Pradam. I've been at Barker's Others actually for many years. I've been there since 2014. Joined as a young whippersnapper as a part two. I've really been here for a long time. But before that, I studied at Liverpool at Nottingham Trent as well. So I've worked in a few places. It's been quite nice, actually, the studying and working. So it gives you a bit of an exposure into different areas, which I thoroughly recommend any Mm. students who are listening in. So yeah, it's been really good. And uh, yeah, been here for a very long time at Bargazetta's, part of the furniture, I guess now. But yeah, it's been great. It worked on some fantastic projects and uh, really seen the practice grow with 30 years now, which is amazing for us. Ooh, that's brilliant. Yes. I, uh, I've i got the website here and it's quite a cool website. So I'm going to try and bring it up, but maybe what you can do, tell us a bit more about then 30 years my goodness in that time you've probably done a lot of projects in the business what kind of stuff do you get up to at Bargazetas then? Bargazetas is a mixed project-based company we'll do our bread and butter is commercial offices we will always admit to that but we also do we also get some very quirky projects so the one that you just scrolled up past there Lewisham Tower House which is a really project um so i pass that all the time i'm a lewis lewisham resident there you go yeah, yeah. it's amazing this is one of the first department stores around london at the time and we had this fantastic opportunity to work with a developer to turn it into residential use there's i believe there's a gym in there right now and the red cladding that you can see at the top was a two two three-story extension at the top so that was a really lovely scheme completely wow. residential so we've doubled in on quite a few things. When I joined Bargas we, we were working on this brilliant scheme in Greenwich, which was a regeneration of the, of the Greenwich market. Yeah. So if anyone who has been there, I'm sure everyone knows it. It's a really lovely area. And, but it was quite run down when we took it on. So it was a really lovely opportunity. And that, that was actually my first project when I joined Bargas Really? Uh, to be part of it. Yeah. It's really I'm amazing. Gonna... And I found the most amazing halloumi baguette sandwich in the world. 
I hear you. <laughs> yeah, I I completely agree with you, and I think you were very kind there because basically the market, in my opinion, I love the market. It was super cool, but it was basically an old shed that it was going to knock over any second with all these amazing stuff underneath. So I think that the what you've done in Greenwich is amazing. Now, what in particular I was interested to talk about today, because I'll be honest, while we on the podcast, there's a lot of stuff focused about careers, and we can come on mm. to that a bit about what Definitely. it makes up like However, we only got one plan here. Sustainability Absolutely. is a big thing, and I think we need to keep shining the light on it. And I understood that you've currently worked on a key project at the moment, which has been heavily focused on being a green building. Can you run me through it with the project that you've been working on most recently then? Yeah, sure. So we've, I spent the last three years with my team here at BG to work on a project called Holbein Gardens. So this is a quite an interesting project for us. Inherently, Barcazettas has done a lot of retrofit. We've always done it from the beginning. We don't actually do too much new build, which has consequently become a very big strength of ours. We all know that we've got existing stock of buildings in London and around the country. How do we upgrade these buildings? Yeah. Knocking them down. How can we adapt them? And there's a big, there's a big retro first sort of movement happening at the moment. How can we do that with existing buildings and importantly achieve some really high standards? And I guess that was a pertinent question with. Holbein Gardens. It, it coincided very nicely with our client Grosvenor's new sustainability policy. So they mm. back in 2019 when we when we won the project with them, we we were advised that Grosvenor had got a new sustainability policy. And I think during that sort of period, I think a lot of the big developers were really looking at themselves, going, "Okay, how do we hit these 2030?" 2050 targets i don't think there's a single developer that we work with that isn't asking that question and so they they had a nine point nine themed policy and there were things like biodiversity how do we bring biodiversity into the city whether it's encouraging bees and bats and boxes or greenery or whether it's providing connections to the community it's such a big thing we all design these buildings but how do you connect it to the community? How work are you going to give back? Circular economy. How can we pick the right products that we put into these amazing buildings? Yeah. Are they sustainable? We don't, we often find that we design all these lovely buildings and tenant comes in, rips it out and then puts something else in. How do we not do that? So there's lots and lots of really lovely questions that were quite interesting. And to be honest, I would being brutally honest, I'd say not everyone had the answers to them. And I think that was really lovely because you often find yourself in a scenario where I think you might be expected to have the answer. But what was really nice was that the project was set up to be quite collaborative and to for everyone, whether it was us as the architects or structural designers or mechanical designers, whoever it might be, who is involved in the team, even the client, to ask these questions between us and research it and find the answer. And I think that was quite special with this project because you don't really get that opportunity, I find. So that was really nice. That was really the basis of it. And our client really challenged us to say, 
here's an 80s, it's a really bog standard 80s building. It wasn't pretty. What can we turn it into? How amazing of a sustainable building can we make it? What mm. amazing materials can we use? It was all of these questions that we had to research and answer. And that sort of led us to this point. And it was a lot of trial and error. It was a lot of research and a lot of collaboration, which is everyone talks about collaboration, but I think it's slightly unheard of in some scenarios. You really yeah. engage, don't you, if you're doing something fresh. So I think that was quite special with this. No, I hear you. And it makes sense. I'm just going to quickly say, what a cool, imagine being in that office with all those windows and stuff and knowing that you're just not throwing heat out the window, like my old grandmother, rest in peace <laughs> house, where it's just absolutely, it doesn't make a difference. It's really impressive. If anyone in the audience though has a particular question, feel free to chuck it in. As long as it's in the safe realm that we can answer, we will definitely talk about it. I'm quite interested though that you talked in particular there about again it's important for your client sustainability and over that you've got this journey in, mm. net, in net zero carbon journey now what was that journey like at the start how do you begin with a task like this yeah, it's quite a tough one i sort of sort of sort of reason why i say Oof, was because i think the industry is still finding its feet with yeah. the answer to that question. And the reason why I say that is from a basic level, if you're trying to track how much carbon a building is using or has used to create this building, yeah. at the moment, there are quite a lot of different ways of doing it. There's each organization, each sustainable organization will have their own ways of doing it. There is starting to be a bit of a consensus slowly happening in terms of how to do it. So one of the big ones, I think, is the RICS, so the Royal Institute of Chartered Surveyors. I think their report is due to come out at some point soon, and that, I think, will create a basis for it. But we've also been working with other companies like Letty, for example, so the low... I'm going to, it was the London Economic Transport Initiative, but I think it's now low. Uh, I think low is the swap out for it. So Letty have been great. I think they've really been pushing the boundary in terms of trying to see how far we can take these buildings. It's not yeah. just about new buildings. How can we take old buildings? So I think from a net zero perspective, it's, I think you can boil it down to what is the existing building? do right now yeah what are you going to do to adapt it what is mm. the impact of that whether that's materiality wise or whether it's energy wise and energy is such a big thing nowadays where the mechanical and electrical teams are having to work really hard in interrogating every single bit of kit that goes into the building so it's almost like they are creating a little sims environment for that building it's a virtual building for them to test out how the heating is working how the cooling's working how much electricity you need there's a lot of there's a lot of modeling virtual modeling that we're having to do in an analysis and i think that's probably the key thing that's different about this project and many other projects that are really trying to hit that high benchmark and and i think to get to that net zero point you you do need to put a lot of effort to get there and i think it was a big learning curve for all of us 
to understand how much work there is involved in this. And I would say that this is going to become a bit more of a norm on lots and lots of projects for us. And then, as you've said quite a few times, we've only got one planet, so we need to all work very hard to make that happen. Yeah. I agree. And thank you. Cause it's uh, sometimes I think it's what well, it's like anything you need to do it. But when you hear these terminologies flown around or net zero carbon journey, actually the more you get to grips with it, the easier it becomes. And because you're giving me such a good education and <laughs> it's high mileage here and I'm learning a lot. The other term that I get thrown is thrown around that is important, but I don't fully grasp the concept is off of a circular London. And I know mm. that's something that you've talked about before because you're so good at decrypting all this stuff and it's important. Yep. What is a circular London? What are we talking about? So the NLA have recently released a new report, which, which all of it is coming down to the whole principle of circular economy. And you're absolutely right in the sense that there's a lot of terminology that gets banded around. And I'm a big advocate of simplifying everything because yep. we've all been in meetings that there's lots of abbreviations being thrown around, but at the end of the day, you want to cut through all of that and just go, what does that mean? Mm. And this has been, this is a great report for anyone who's, who's not seen it. I'd thoroughly recommend having a read. It's not too long a report. And it really, this particular talks about London specifically about what London can be in terms of it turning into a renewable city. So it covers everything from energy materiality, and it also talks about how different sectors are doing it and it's important to understand that that it's not just the commercial world a big percentage of our cities and towns are residential where we all live yeah how can you upgrade that and i think that's really for me i'd say that's one of the base points where do you live and where do you work i think you can almost start with those two really simple areas we I've made the switch recently, recently bought a flat and I've consciously made a decision to go to a supplier that actually uh, buys green energy or creates okay. green energy. So I've made that conscious decision. I'm personally trying to offset my petrol car when I drive and hopefully in the next couple of months, I'll buy a new electric car at some point to try and improve, do my little bit. Mm -hmm. And I know there's lots of controversial arguments about electric cars, but that's for another day. But I think... We all can do our little bit and from a where you live perspective, we can do our own bit and improve insulations and pick the right energy efficient equipment. And when you turn that into a commercial environment, you take that up another notch, don't you, where you've got all of these hundreds of people that come into work and really circular economy is about interrogating every single aspect of that mm -hmm. building, whether it's where are your furniture coming from? Where's your energy coming from? We, on Holbein Gardens, we picked a Shuko manufacturer who does lovely windows and they do a cradle to cradle certification. So I believe this one was silver. And what, I mean, cradle to cradle essentially means that they look at the whole life cycle of that product from where they take the base material from right the way yeah. through to the end of its cycle. So I don't know. 20, 30 years or 50 years time, maybe when the building needs to be refurbished again, those windows might be replaced. Mm. And if someone like Shuko will take back those windows, recycle it, the glass, the frames, repurpose it. And there's lots of really lovely companies out there that are doing it. Target, who do lots of carpet tiles, lots of people know them. 
they will actually take back the carpet tiles, you know, after 10 years of use or five years of use. And that's really good. I've noticed a big shift in lots of supplier attitudes in the last five years where five years ago, I'd say, oh, have you, have you got some environmental credentials to your products? But what's really lovely is that people are now actively and proactively doing that. Whereas five years ago, I'd have to, if you're not really doing it, I can't really specify you. Yeah. So it's great. I think the industry shifted and that's, and I think that's probably a testament to all the amazing work that lots of different organizations are doing, whether it's GLA, whether it's people like Letty or NLA or UKGBC, they're doing some brilliant work and we've been working with them for a few years now. And the reports that are coming out there, lots of reports are coming out thick and fast and it's quite a lot to, quite hard to keep track of them, but mm. it's definitely worth really interrogating what's out there for that but yeah it's amazing and just for anyone here just to pick up on it is that you've got the bream outstanding on this building and i remember years ago when i was a part one the old criteria of trying to get the points you start off with the easier ones and then you got the medium ones then you got the mega hard ones but as well as well as there's the well platinum certification the neighbor's five star rating that i've never heard of myself and wire score gold so now that's an impressive a lot of things that you've done and i'm sure there's a lot of lesson learned and all that stuff for any oh, other yeah. practices out there or anyone how do you even begin you mentioned a bit before how do you begin but what have you mm. learned then over that maybe you know i think knowledge i'd probably say the one of the big lessons learned with this is to achieve what we have achieved on holbein gardens has taken time and i think it it does take a lot of time and patience to get there and you must have a collaborative team and collaboration gets banded around as a word a lot but you really do need an engaged team on this like we it starts with a good client that is is actively keen to achieve something special and then it comes down to the design team you need a strong sustainability consultant so we had tft on this and you also need an engaged structural engineer and mechanical engineer. So we had HTS and HDR on this. And with a good team, you can achieve something. And we had to work very hard together to show really to the industry that you can achieve a very high benchmark with an existing building. And what's fantastic to see from my perspective is that there's lots of other buildings that are following Holbein Gardens where they are able to achieve Briam outstanding, or they are able to achieve well platinum or neighbors. And neighbors is a new one where that's about accurate operational energy, which is a tough one because to do that, you need a lot of data and sensors. People are having to introduce a lot of tech into the buildings. So smart score is a really interesting one where you're making these buildings really smart now. You can, whether it, from a basic co-working perspective, where you can access things through an app. Now you can see how well your building is performing. One of, one of the really lovely things that we some pioneered on, on, on Holbein was this idea of mixed mode ventilation, which doesn't happen too much. But what we did a bit special here was we introduced a air quality sensor on the roof of the building. So you, it basically measures around Sloan Square, what the quality of the air is. Mm-hmm. And if it's good quality, it will it will have a little light on the office floor right next to where you sit and it will turn on and it will say open windows to save energy. 
And basically, it's you can open the windows, which is always, we all like fresh air. And it means that once it's open, there's a sensor which talks to the building management system, and then it shuts down the air conditioning. Mm. So that's really good. So I think tech is really interesting because I love tech. And it's really interesting when you start pulling tech into buildings, because then it makes a building quite intelligent. And if we're going to try and save energy and reduce our footprint and all these things, you're going to need tech to be quite smart. You, need, you do need smart buildings. So that's really interesting, I think, that how tech is also really at the forefront of coming through through with it. I love it. Yeah. Do you, any excuse for me to get tech? My partner normally tells me <laughs> off all the time for too much, but if it's sustainable, then I'm all for it. And thank you for sharing that detailed answer. You touched upon at the start before you were very complimentary to the wider design team, that collaboration. Yeah. But it probably starts in Barcazettes before even going out. And while I know the culture and I think it's a cool place to work, a lot, some people who might be listening into this just might have missed Barcazettes for whatever reason. And I was just wondering while I bring up fancy image video in the background because your website's nice if you can tell oh, yeah. us more about the culture at Bargazetta's of that collaboration yeah absolutely so Bargazetta's we've just very recently as of last week celebrated our 30th anniversary we were it's for us it's an amazing sort of achievement for us 30 years is a long time to be in the industry and we were founded by Alistair Barr and Tom Gazetta's many years ago and now we 30 years in, we've got a fantastic group of people in the office, interior designers, architects, Briam assessors, Revit gurus. You know, we've got a wide range of people that really complement what we're trying to do. I've mentioned the fact that we've always inadvertently, I think at the beginning, done retrofit, and that's really become a big pillar of strength for us. And that's only going to be achieved through the community that we've built at Barcazetta's, our family, as we, we always like to refer to it as. And we're quite a cosmopolitan company. If you look through our website, you'll see people of different backgrounds and different countries speaking different languages. So quite a diverse group of individuals. We're about full 55 now, the biggest that we've been. Oh, but yeah, wow. Yeah, you room in the office soon. You might have to move into that nice office you've done. That's a good one, isn't it? We've actually just recently moved. We were, we oh, were, cool. we're still on Hedden Street, but we just moved into our new offices. So because purely that, when I joined, we were about 25 and now we're 55. So we've pretty much doubled nice. in size. But yeah, it's been really good. We've, we, we try to be as fun as possible. We got our softballs and we go out every summer for, a, for an office trip and that sort of thing. So it's, we like to keep it light and fun as much as possible and at the same time trying to design some amazing work. Yeah, nice one. I, I, it makes complete sense. I'm just going to bring up a little taste of the projects here. But what I was going to ask you is because sustainable, it's amazing to see the project that you've done. Now, I know that you're lead, you've led teams on this, right? I'm sure it's, you've seen a lot of CVs come across your desk, whether it's part ones, part twos, architects. And here we love to know. I'm sure there's someone that's probably listening to this and thinking, I'd like to apply. And now, in your experience, is there anything that particularly stands out to you in an application when you're looking to hire someone? That's a really good question, actually. For us, I think we, we look at individuals who are actively engaged in designing buildings that positively impact the environment. And I think sustainability has always been on the agenda and 
if you're interested in it. And I think it's a bit of a given now that you do need to understand it. I don't, I've been very lucky to join a few, get to, to be invited into a few degree shows and I've done a few crits recently. And it's really interesting and very nice to see that universities are embracing that. So I've been to Anglia Ruskin a couple of months ago and mm -hmm. went to their degree show and did some crits and a big part of it is sustainability. So it's really good to see actually that universities are actively engaging into it. I was very surprised with one particular student who even did a BRIAM assessment on her final project at part one, which is unheard of. So if you want to do that, then you're going to get hired. But no, I would say having that awareness is super key. If you can do that, I think any practice is going to be very keen to, to hire you. And apart from the usual sort of design skill and awareness of producing drawings, I think for me, it's always been attitude of how you engage and look at projects. At the end of the day, everyone can draw, everyone can produce a render. That's not going to be hard. Not to say that I can do an amazing render. I think those days are bygone many years ago. Me too. Don't worry. <laughs> some of the guys in the office, some of the part ones, part twos, don't think I can even try to achieve what they're doing. Absolutely amazing work they do. But yeah, I would say it's about the attitude and awareness of design and what that means to the environment, which I think is really key. Software you can learn. I think it's about how you approach design is probably no. the really key one for me anyway, personally. Yeah, it makes complete sense. And I've never heard of a BRIAM test being done on the project. However, you're right. I think some universities are doing more rigorous technical aspects of the courses, which I think really transfer really well to professional practice. Now, I was just going to say, because you've answered that question really well, looking at thinking of you as a team leader, bar gazettes and stuff. Quick little one building on that is so if yeah. you were a student right now, it, in this day and age, unfortunately, me and you, it was a long time. I'm sure we don't know part <laughs> one. But if you were, was there anything you'd build upon that advice to the students right now? Looking looking back at how I was then. Oh, now. What would you do now? now? Differently. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really, that's an interesting question. I the Briam test. We got that one. That's a good one. That's That surprised me and I was extremely impressed. I remember joining practice and not knowing what Briam was. So this particular individual was already ahead of her game. Yeah. I think well, that's a really tough question. I think really understanding what sustainability is a key one. It's definitely, it comes up a lot in universities and they are adding that in terms of an essay form or technically how to understand it. But I think probably looking back at it, I, I probably did a lot of bolt-on sort of style technology whereas i think there's an inherent push nowadays to really think about the passive design option mm. can you bring in natural design principles back again the natural ventilation good daylighting that's all the things that really you you look at certification for certification came from an american it's an american standard which has come over to the uk a couple of years ago and we applied it to one of our projects, One Head and Street, which is the Crown Estate's first co-working scheme. And it was a bit unheard of to, to do well at that time. We were quite lucky to have a good client again to support us to do it. And um, yeah. we thought it was perfect for what the Crown Estate wanted to do for that scheme. So that was, I think, one of the world's first co-working schemes to get platinum, which is quite unheard of at the time. And I think is really interesting. And I would also say the sustainability if people start thinking about how buildings affect 
the people it's a big part of what we all do where we live where we work and is a big part of it whether it's yeah. small things like having plants or good drinking facilities or places to eat all those things that can affect how you work in a place we've some of the fit outs that that we do nowadays we're getting we're pushing so much biophilia into office spaces whether it's multi-faith rooms or studying spaces quiet areas to study understanding that people work in different ways i think it's that awareness that you can certainly show to an employer when you're presenting your student work that hey i understand sustainability i get the principles i know we need to push to net zero but I also understand that the person is really important, that how they feel in that space, do the spaces work and function really well. And I think those sorts of qualities, I think any employer or even me as a senior member of staff, that if I get someone joining my team, that I can go, hey, can you design this? And one of my colleagues is now looking at a reception design for one of the offices we're working on. I can just give that to her. She can develop it and then we can review it. And if I have that trust, in her then you know i can delegate that element of works to her which is great i think that's what we need there we go that's like the most transparent answer we've ever had here <laughs> i think it's absolutely amazing i i thank you for that that's really insightful because it's one thing for me to say it but as someone that's been there as a job seeker and now as a hiring manager amongst everything else you do it's just so valuable to hear that what I was going to ask before I give you a breather, no, nothing tricky or anything. <laughs> I'll be easier now. That was the hardest yeah. one. Sorry. Okay, that's good. That's I'll easy. give you a breather. You survived. The project's really cool and well done. You've won the awards. It's all there. What's next for you at Barcassettes? And don't worry, I don't want to break any NDAs and stuff. But <laughs> are you up to some cool stuff then? Yeah, we've got a really, really interesting project down in Southwark at the moment, which I'm working on. Really exciting. It's for a client. Oh, really? Yeah. You are south of the river, aren't you? I love it. Lewis, I started I, I started south of the river with Greenwich, and then I came north of the river with Camden Popped Market. up a bit. Yeah. Popped up for a bit. Worked there for quite a few years, and then dropped down to Southwark now, which is quite interesting. Albeit, it's getting further and further away from my live, so I'm going to have to get up a little bit earlier for those site visits when it comes to it. But yeah, yeah, really interesting project with with a client in Southwark. We've also got a really interesting one, which I can say, with Grosvenor again, which is a really lovely uh, scheme that we're working with Westminster Foundation, which is a really interesting co-working space, but only targeting charities. Watch this space. It's wow. going to be a really lovely project, beautifully designed, but it's got a really good sort of ethos behind it in terms of supporting charities and the Westminster Foundation are doing some great work to do that. So it's it's going to be a really cool project. Keep an eye out for that. We're a few months away from that finishing. I love it. And so I'm going to put all the contact details for Barcazettas in a bit. However, Definitely. because I've been asking you the questions, I think it's always quite fun. You can turn the tables on me. <laughs> and you can ask me the most difficult question in the world if you wanted to. I'll try and answer my best. But do you have one or two questions for me that you'd love to know? It's, I've, firstly, thank you for inviting me onto this because it's. It, I've been watching quite a lot of your interviews, and it, what's really nice is actually that you're interviewing quite a varied group of people, and you've talked about AI and sustainability or the way that practices work. What I would probably ask you, what would you say is the trend that you've seen happening in the industry from your perspective? Because because obviously you're a podcaster and recruiter, aren't you? you? You're seeing it from both ends. All right. Okay. Yeah. So podcast. So 
an interesting one, and I'll summarize it really quickly. In terms of like marketing or social media or what's on trend, you're right. There's like some constant themes which are getting louder, which is, I think, sustainability is one. Quality yeah. of what it's like to work where you work, and that's a big one right now. It's we all know architecture is an amazing profession. It's not huge money for everyone, so it's is a project you're passionate about that environment. So those are always important and getting louder and louder. So very good to hear Barcasette is doing a lot of things right. Now you get in parallel to that. So those are the constant ones, but then you get like what's on trend. Mm. And so what was on trend last year was the metaverse. I hate uh, it. I love it. I've, I this and that opinion pieces, right? So then they go up. Metaverse has gone down, and AI um, has been the thing, right? The thing the now, AI isn't it? Is, yeah. yeah, it's the thing. It, and we're. I think it's not going to die off per se because it's going to be part of everyone's life. I use it in my business all the time, more yeah. to remove the mundane stuff, bit of check and tax, all that kind of stuff. Will it replace an architect? I'm not convinced. Will it replace a recruitment consultant? I'm not convinced. Will it enable an architect to do more design and stuff that they should do? Definitely. Yeah, potentially. Definitely. And recruitment, I can tell you absolutely right now, I will outsource a lot of stuff to do other things. So that's the answer to your question. I think the AI fad, the more it comes into life, will calm down. And then the mm. next one is just the next one. And it could be anything, but it's slight, like you say, it's usually tech orientated. And well, I-, I think we're going to see a lot of that tech orientated stuff because like even with the AI and I've watched a few of your interviews with other peers in the off in the industry. And it's really interesting how different people have different views on it. I've got a friend who's a lecturer and he's, he's teaching architecture students and interior design students. And it's interesting how he's, how he looks at it from an academic perspective. And certainly from ours, I would say we would look at very practical ways of how you can introduce AI, whether it's that in Photoshop, yeah. or whether it's, as you said, whether it's using ChatGPT for a bit of text, or whether it's checking your wording or whatever it might be, or where we would definitely like to see it a bit more is how you can use AI for development of master plans or like designs how you can see the variations of it which i think has already somewhat existed in some ways anyway when you when you combine grasshopper and rhino i'm not an expert so i'm I'm on the i'm on the edge of my (laughs) experience here but when you do combine rhino and grasshopper you get the parametric ability to see those different variations of design you can slide things around you can see you can connect things but i think with ar you can it's probably a little bit more accessible I wasn't particularly strong at Grasshopper, personally. Yeah, neither. I think with AI, I think that's probably the key thing. I would say accessibility of doing things. I think that's what AI will give you. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's always been tech-orientated, hasn't it? I agree. Do you know what makes me laugh when you're speaking? That you talked about Photoshop AI. I, but the, my role in Remate as a part one would have been endangered back then. I would have been put on other drawings and stuff because I used to spend ages doing those Photoshops. And it's quite compelling, isn't it, now? And it you're is. just like, so you could have your building go in the day, in the night, people yeah. on the front. And it's absolutely remarkable. However, I don't think that's going to remove a part one. It just means a part one no. will do something different. And I think that's the mentality that I think people should have, not like we're going to lose our job. It's just more about what we can focus on. The other quick thing yes. you touched upon is 
the recruitment side of it and trends, what I would say is that it's moving at the moment. I think residential mm. is quite struggling, but the commercial offices and refurbs like you, that you do specialize in, I think is quite a buoyant market in the UK at the moment. And that's where we get a lot of, a lot of practices looking for good people in that probably mm. to work on people like your team. And so I think it's really busy. The other market that's really in booming, which maybe in another life I can go to is like the Red Sea and the neon oh, yeah. line. And basically if you're happy to pack your bags and live in the desert for a year or two, you can make an absolute fortune and tax. You want you, you'd be literally selling your life for a year or two yeah. on pause while you go. I've got, I've got a few mates who, who've definitely done that and they are, they're still out there, but it is a bit of a, it's not an easy run. I think oh. they do work really long hours and it's quite hard out there. Long. But you can't knock the ambition. Yeah. I'm very much suspect as to whether any of those vast ambitious schemes will work, but kudos to their ambition is all I can say. Yeah. The line is basically something out of Blade Runner, whatever you think of it, it is, it is absolutely <laughs> mad. Just go, we're going to carve a line through the desert. But yes, yeah, so I'm architects. If you did want to, if you thought I don't have any ties in the UK and I want to make a small fortune in the desert, then you can do it. Me though, I like my creature comforts. I like living in the UK. So not for me, unfortunately, I will continue to pay my tax and uh, I don't know, watch EastEnders and stuff, but I'm going to bring it right back now. Edward Crump says, thank you so much for the insight. And I agree. This has been absolutely fantastic. I think you're a natural. You should host this show at some point. Oh, who knows? Who knows? Give we'll me, see. <laughs> we, if you give me a break, but if anyone's enjoyed this, I, I, they're probably going to want to get in touch with yourself or the practice. Where can they find you then? I'm available on LinkedIn, so come and find me. I'm on Twitter as well, so come and find me there. But otherwise, yeah, we've got our, got our contact details on the website. And uh, yeah, just get in touch. But LinkedIn is probably the best place. Yeah, exactly. So you can find Perdomo on LinkedIn, and you can also find him on bargazettas.com, which is B-A-R-G-A-Z-E-T-A-S.com for our audio listeners afterwards. But thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. I'm going to end the live stream now. And for anyone that joined us today on your lunch, I really appreciate it. I do have a crazy amount of podcasts tomorrow, live streams. I got two or something. So if you get bored of me, I understand. However, they will be good. Are they going to be as good as this one? I'm not too sure because this gentleman, oh, it's over there, isn't it? Is a natural. Isaac, oh, uh, You are. But stay on this stage. I'm going to end the live stream now. Thank you to the audience. Two more podcasts coming up tomorrow. And I will see you again soon. Have a great lunch. And I don't know, check out the tech. And if you're going to be doing sustainable buildings, have a look at that precedent. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye now. Thank you. Thank you.